If you're someone who has a Robinhood account and your broker just told you they fucking ran out of money, that's how contagion starts. It's like, remember the movie It's a Wonderful Life when they're like, the bank runs out of money? Like, you, the last thing you want to do, especially with social media, is everybody being like, holy shit, Robinhood's run out of money. Sell all your stocks. Get the fuck out. Welcome to the Punching Down Podcast with your host, Danny Paulus Chuck. Okay. We're back. Episode 43 of the Punching Down podcast. Last week, it was the stock market edition, which everybody loved because it seems like it's all everybody can talk about is the stock market right now, uh, which is funny because, you know, you turn on the news and they're like, yeah, it's only like 50% of people are even in the stock market. And then of those 50%, it's like, you know, one one of those 50% owns half the stocks but anyways you know it's it's captivated people i think there was this this story going on a real narrative where it's like you know this david versus goliath thing which just so you know ended up being pretty much bullshit uh at least in my opinion we'll get into it uh some more but it's been a crazy week it's funny too cuz last week if you if you listen to last week's episode, which a lot of people did, I started it off how I moved the podcast from uh, the earlier in the week to to releasing it on Thursdays, and I recorded on Wednesday nights because I was like, crazy things just keep happening on Wednesdays, you know. So I want to be able to talk about it on Wednesday night so that it can happen on you know talk about it on Thursday, and then last Thursday I released the podcast, you know, Thursday morning, and then. In the middle of the day when, you know, these, this epic short squeeze, the mother of all short squeezes is happening, Robin Hood and many other brokers, I guess Robin Hood's technically, they're not a broker, but, or whatever, but anyways, they, they wouldn't allow people to buy the meme stocks anymore. They basically said, look, we're limiting purchases of the meme stocks, which caused the stocks to absolutely fucking crater and then everybody was like this is bullshit this is a conspiracy you know all the hedge funds they basically it was either the hedge funds or the sec but whoever was getting fucked out of losing all this money they just got their buddies to just you know give a quick little phone call over to to the vlad over at gamestop to just say look you gotta you gotta stop stop allowing buying to stop the short squeeze so we can get out so this whole crazy thing happened and of course happens on thursday so now it's you're not going to be listening to this until a week later after it happened but i'm still going to talk about it because that's obviously the big news and hopefully something crazy doesn't happen again tomorrow but seems to have died down so basically what happened last thursday is just like i said in the middle of the day just boom and it, it, it wasn't every brokerage but it was or trading platform but it was a lot of them uh they basically said you can't you can't uh buy we're we're, we're not allowing purchases of gamestop and amc and nokia they're like you can only sell which is fucked up by the way because here's the thing right one and i'll say this it, i don't think it was like, you know, a lot of explanations have come out. It, it wasn't the hedge funds or the SEC or whatever, the government being like, hey, here's a little doing our buddies a favor. That was the result of what happened. I, I can guarantee you that a lot of these people who were short GameStop when it dropped from 300 to 100 took the opportunity to get the fuck out uh, and just cover their shorts and just move on with their lives. 
I don't know the exact short position. The funny thing is, is like, because, and, and what people aren't really like even talking about too much is like, people are taking new short positions in GameStop. As much as like the people got fucking ass raped on the way up on that crazy short squeeze, assuming, you know, because there, there's two camps too. Because if you go on Wall Street bets right now, there's all these people who are like, it's not over. You know, they, they, they go and they take like the, because in 2008, Volkswagen very, very, temporarily became the most valuable company in the world because of a crazy short squeeze talked about it briefly last week but so people are like you know the you are here on this chart and we're just getting started on the short squeeze i'm telling you i hate to be the bearer of bad news maybe i'm wrong but if you bought shares of gamestop for three or four hundred dollars a share you're never gonna be even ever ever again it's not happening uh, it's over. But so last week, Robinhood, you know, they, they, they limit the shares, the share buying, which here's the thing. If you can only sell something, if you're only going to allow sales and now it wasn't only allowed sales everywhere, but if you're going to take away a large portion of, of, you know, people's ability, a large portion of people who own the stock's ability to sell, uh, or to buy, sorry, and you only allowed them to sell. And the thing is, like, the markets are, there's a huge psychological element. So the moment you tell people, oh, you can't buy anymore, they're like, oh, that's fucked up. I, I just don't want to be in this, you know, you just threw a, an unforeseen variable into this equation. So they're like, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. And then they all start selling. And then people just watch their, like, money going lower and lower. And then they get panicky and they sell. And then it causes more selling. And you're only allowed to sell if you're on Robinhood. You're not allowed to fucking buy. And then the next day, Robinhood was like, Look, we're going to, you know, what? you can buy, we're going to allow you to buy uh, these meme stocks again. But like for GameStop, you're only allowed to buy two shares, like two shares. I mean, granted at the time is a few hundred dollars, $300. Because it went, that's the thing on Friday, it went back to 300 just to sucker in <clears throat> the last people, myself included. Uh, I bought some GameStop on Friday, although I had a reason for it, uh, which I'll, well, which I'll explain, but Basically, what happened with this whole limiting, and that's another thing too, is so then Robin, Robinhood was like, we're limiting shares in that and like American Airlines and all these stocks. And then and then on Friday afternoon, they were like, you can't buy Starbucks and all this shit. And people were like, oh, Robinhood like might be going out of business. They're like, they might be bankrupt. They're essentially having a liquidity crisis. They don't have enough money. And their CEO, Vlad or whatever, he went on... He did a bunch of interviews on Thursday, like Thursday evening after the the first thing happened. And he, he's not like a super great front-facing guy. He's not like super charismatic. So he went on and he was like, look, nobody told us we had to do this. He's like, we just, we, we had to, in order for our business, the way our settlements and clearing work, like we had to, we had to do this in order to save, you know, allow the business to work. And then they were like, so you guys are running out of money. He's like, no, we're not running out of money. And then they're like, so what happened? Like, why'd you fuck all over? Cause you know, lots of just normal people with Robinhood accounts got completely fucked. And he's like, why'd you do this? And he's like, well, we had to. And they're like, was anybody making you? And he's like, well, no, but the rules. And so, and then everybody was just all the conspiracy people like Dave Portnoy. Everybody was like, you know, this was obviously Steve Cohen, the guy who was like behind the hedge funds was, you know, he, his friends needed to get out of their shorts, but you don't, you don't want to do it when the stock's $400 because that'll just keep driving the price up and it'll cause this massive short squeeze. So you wanted to do it when people are selling to be buying into this selling to, you know, minimize the loss. And so it obviously looked fishy as fuck. 
but then you know you get a lot of explanations from it and basically the and i don't totally totally know this so if you're listening to this and you're like that's not how it works uh, i apologize but this is the depth to which i understand is stocks have a uh, work on a what's called like a in um, i guess america maybe canada too probably lots of places it's a very antiquated system it's uh t plus two clearing so basically what happens is you buy a stock and uh you know the, your broker matches you with a seller or vice versa and then it goes to like a clearinghouse, I guess, and it's like a two-day settlement period. But because there's this two-day settlement period, there's now risk involved. And you think like it's all digital. Why is it clearing? Because if you buy or sell stocks, it's like mostly you, you know, if you buy a stock and then you sell it, that money is just instantly in your account. But I guess there's some sort of mechanism that's going on behind the scenes in the quote-unquote plumbing of the stock market where it has to go to this uh, settlement thing. It's called, I was actually just looking at it briefly. It's called the um, it's the Depository Trust and Clearing Company. They're a clearinghouse and they settle the majority of all transactions, right? So, and here, here's someone uh, on Twitter who's basically explaining it. So the Depository Trust and Clearing Company, um, they provide you know, Robinhood report. And essentially they have, Robinhood has to put up money for these sums. They have to put up sums of money to cover these clearing. It's not like the full percent. It'll be like, you have to put up 2% of all the trades or whatever uh, to cover like, you know, potential risk of this clearing. Even though the trade's already done, Robinhood has to put this money up out of their own pocket. They can't take that money from client accounts. It's like, it's not legal because of whatever the SEC. So Robinhood just never really, you know, because one, they're a free platform, you're not paying for trades, but they never really budgeted that this would ever happen, like where, you know, this this kind of volatility. So essentially, they had these requirements where it's like, you know, they would have to put up basically loan out for a couple days, but it's part of their business model. Like they know they have to do this, you know, put out some money, but they had to, you know, tens of billions of dollars more than they were expecting, at which point they were, you know, on Thursday, they're like, you know, we do not have this fucking money. Like, I remember they were talking on Friday, they're like, yeah, Robinhood might go bankrupt by the end of the weekend. Uh, but Robinhood was straight up just like, we don't have this money. So they were, they did have a liquidity crisis uh, where they just ran out of money. But he can't really say that because imagine the CEO of, you know, he, he limits their trading and it, was, it wasn't something he did. It was just straight up the regulators. They just, they were like, this is so volatile that they went from a 2% requirement on GameStop where you have to put up 2% of the money to, I believe, 100% where straight up you just have to cover the entire sum of money. And because it was so heavily traded, instantly Robin was like, yeah, we do not have this kind of money. We like, you know, we're, we never budgeted for them to just increase the require the loan requirements by 50 times so robin hood's completely fucked but then you can't go on you know cnbc or like cnn which he which he did both kudos to him because that probably sucked and that guy was base he was the number one villain in america at that point but so he goes on cnbc but like if he goes on cnbc and you, you know and he goes you know what uh here's what happened or even worse, if he did it during market hours. Imagine during market hours, he goes, hey, here's the deal. We ran out of money. If you're someone who has a Robinhood account and your broker just told you, 
they fucking ran out of money. That's how contagion starts. It's like, remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when they're like, the bank runs out of money? Like, you, the last thing you want to do, especially with social media, is everybody being like, holy shit, Robin Hood's run out of money. Sell all your stocks. Get the fuck out. And, and then they only allow selling. So, like, what would happen is everybody would be, like, worried that, you know, nobody wants to be the last person, the sucker who, like, doesn't get their money. So then everybody's like, oh, we're just going to liquidate all our Robin Hood accounts get all our money out and then it just starts a contagion where it could you know it could have real ripple effects in the stock market where like um and i mean it did the crazy thing is like the amount of ripple effects that occurred because of just the gamestop short squeeze was crazy because and i talked about it last week but so all these hedge funds they're short gamestop and then they're long like you know facebook or you know they're, they're long all sorts of stocks but like, and they have a mixture of both. But the thing is, so their their shorts are going higher, which means they're just on paper losing more and more money, which they have to cover this. And so now they're doing it, the way they're covering it is they go, we're just going to sell our like super liquid stocks. We're going to sell our Apples and we're going to sell our Facebooks. So like Apple and Facebook, they went down a lot last week. Like like Facebook top to bottom last week was like 10% drop, which is like pretty sizable for Facebook. It's one of the biggest companies in the world. And it dropped 10%. And the reason was because all these... Uh, you know, hedge funds were like selling their Facebook to cover their GameStop losses. So it was causing like quite a bit of chaos um, in the markets and it was unclear what was going on. So, so I mentioned earlier that I bought GameStop, so I didn't buy a lot, but on Friday afternoon, I was like thinking about this and I'm like, you know, essentially all last week, GameStop and the stock market were fairly negatively correlated, which just means like, you know, if GameStop goes up, everything else was going down. At least it was starting to feel that way. And I, I had this idea on Friday where I'm like, you know what, like if on Monday, say GameStop goes to a thousand, it's not, but say it goes to a thousand dollars, I'm like, all these stocks are probably going to tank. Everything else is just going to tank so badly. So then on Friday, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to buy just that tiny little bit just as a hedge uh, against, you know, disaster and all the other stocks I owned. So I bought uh, a tiny amount of GameStop at $310 and then sold it at Tuesday for like 120 I got smoked on it. Lost, lost, lost a bit of a bit of cash, a few shekels, if you will. But it did what I expected it to do. All my other stocks went up, and then GameStop dropped. But like I've been talking because you know everybody was like, "Oh, it's the it's the little guy against Wall Street," and you're like, "Yeah, okay." The little guy started this thing. Like you know, the, the redditors, the Wall Street bets people, they sure they started this trade and they brought it to attention. But the people who really made money last week were just other hedge funds. They weren't the little guy. The little guy. I've, I've been speaking to friends of mine since this whole debacle has played out and almost to a person, they're all still holding GameStop shares and they're all down tons of money. Cause here's the thing, like wall street bets went from, you know, I started following wall street bets when they had like a million subscribers. Okay. I think they have 9 million right now and they had like 2 million at the start of last week. So they've, you know, gone up 400% roughly or whatever, four times, something like that in the past like week and a half. A lot of people came in, they said, oh my God, there's all this money to be made. We're just going to blindly follow this deep fucking value guy who has lost, I don't know, $25 million in the last week or so. Granted, don't feel bad for him. He was smart enough to like cash out 15 million. So he, he made a lot of money, but uh, he lost like, you know, pretty, pretty large large sums of money uh, in the past couple of days. But so his thesis, because he basically became this god 
in Wall Street bets where everybody's like, we're just going to blindly follow this guy, deep fucking value. So, uh, and he, his thing was like, oh, I think it's going to go to a thousand. Cause he's, his whole thing was like, everybody's like, hold the line. Don't sell. If you sell your shares, then you give an opportunity for the shorts to get out. But most of the shorts, it seems like they're out of this thing. And so, you know, there aren't, this, there isn't this short squeeze still to happen. I mean, there is, there are shorts, but the squeeze likely is not really going to happen. But so anyways, lots of people like bought in at 300 and they go, oh, it's going to a thousand. You're like 300 to a thousand. I'm going to triple my money more than that. I'd be stupid to sell at any point. And I'm just going to wait till a thousand because that's when deep fucking value said he's going to get out. And then the stock drops to a hundred and people are just like, oh, well, what do you do now? You know, you're, you're like, and the, th- the thing is like today it went from, it was up like $2. It's like, you know, the, the crazy volatility that everybody was like loving about GameStop, like it's gone. That that story is, it's, I don't want to say it's dead, but like, first off, if you're listening right now and you own GameStop and you're up on GameStop, sell it. Like just, if you're listening in this moment and you even have any, you even are up $10. And I know that in your mind, you're like, yeah, but like, I was up 300% and now I'm only up 20%. Sell it. Sell it right now. Yes, maybe it'll go up some more. It's possible. And you'll you'll miss out on that. And maybe it'll go to 1,000, but it's not going to 1,000. That's, that's not going to happen. Uh, the likelihood is that people are going to start shorting it again. It's going to go to, it's, you know, best case scenario, it's maybe worth, I don't know, $40. Like I, I still, I keep talking to people and I'm just like, what the fuck do they even do? Like AMC is a different story. And I talked about this last week where AMC is like, they essentially, because the share price rose so much for, on AMC, like they avoided bankruptcy because they just put on, you know, it's now implied that they can just go do what's called like a secondary offering where they just re- uh, sell their shares into the market, which whenever you do that, it dilutes the stock. Like say there's like a million shares of the company at a dollar. So you're like, the company's worth a million dollars. What'll happen is they'll be like, okay, we're going to issue a hundred thousand more shares. Right? So now there's 1.1 million shares, but the company's still worth a million dollars. So those 1.1 a million shares are now worth like, you know, 90 cents each because that million dollars, the company's still worth that million dollars. But so just based on the implication that they could do that, like, like people like who bought, for example, a, like if you bought AMC at $15 last week and you want to hold on to that, I say, go for it again, not financial advice. I would just like to just like to hammer that home that this is not financial advice. Do not take my advice. The only advice that you should take of mine is sell fucking GameStop. If you, if you're up on it, if you're down on it, I have bad news for you. You should also sell GameStop because there's there's a thing called opportunity cost where you're missing out on a lot of good opportunities. And like like the stock market is such a mind fuck sometimes, especially when you're up. Like I think what's what's you know, what you're gonna find out is most people with GameStop specifically were, you know, they bought in, maybe they bought in under a hundred, at which point they're up. That's fantastic. Uh Maybe you bought in $150. Maybe you say you bought in $150 on the way up. Okay. So at one point you were up, you had tripled your money. Okay. Now you're down. That psychological element, it's kind of like the same. I don't know if people here like gamble, but it's kind of like the same element where it's just like if you go to the casino and you're just like, you know, you go up five, you go, you walk in with $500, you're up 500, and then you, you're down 600, you know, you lose that 500, you're down another 100, and you're like, 
I'm not walking away down 100 when I was up 500. I'm just either I'm losing everything or I'm getting that $500 back. Like there's like this weird psychological component where you're just kind of you're you're battling fear and greed, which is a very like normal thing in the stock market. But I think most people who like, you know, had 50 shares, 100 shares of GameStop, even more, like they were up huge sums of money on paper where they looked in their, you know, they looked at their account and they were laughing. They're like, holy shit, I am up so much fucking money right now. I bought, you know, I bought maybe 200 shares at, at $150. What's that? 30 grand? No, I'm bad at math. Uh, 100, 300, no, yeah, it's 30 grand, right? Sorry, it's late right now. Uh, so, you know, you see you buy $30,000 worth and then your $30,000 becomes $90,000, right? I think that's right, yeah. So you're like, so you bought 200 shares, 150. So you're like, you, you're like, I put in 30,000 and then you look at it at one point and that 30,000 is $90,000, okay? Now that 30,000 is $20,000, a lot of people psychologically just cannot take, cannot just take that loss and move on because they're just like, it's such a mind fuck because all you're thinking about is you're like, but I had $90,000. Like I had so much money. That is so much money to so many people. And then they're like, and it, and it goes, you know, it fucking went in the blink of an eye. GameStop got halted on Thursday after this Robinhood news. And, and it wasn't just Robinhood. It was a lot of these like discount brokerages. But like it got halted, I think like 15 times in a day. And halting is basically, they just are like, all right, everybody just like, we're going to pump the brakes on this. We're going to, it's a timeout. It's literally a stock timeout. We're going to look, we're going to take a five minute break. Just compose yourself. Don't do anything fucking stupid. And then there were, you know, when it's, and it happens usually when just like stop drops a shit ton in like, you know, moments. And they're like, you know what? We just want everybody to just calm down for a minute. And then, We'll just like, we'll just reorganize and then, you know, maybe when we reopen the stock market, you're not all just going to panic sell, right? But that's what happened. And it, and it dropped so fast. So there's just the element where people just can't, can't take these losses. But like for something like GameStop, GameStop, I wouldn't, if this is like, you know, I've been trading stocks for familiar with the stock market for, you know, probably 15 years. I, I went to school. I don't know if you know this. I went to school for like economics or whatever, me and Ryan Long did. It's kind of how the name fuckonomics for our other podcast came about is we were like, yeah, we're like comedians uh, with economics degrees. It's a stupid name, obviously. But um, this is how, if I had to guess what's going to happen with GameStop, is it went from, you know, whatever, $3 to 500 which is insane. And the thing is, there's probably people who are like bought it at 20 got to 500 and there's just like this paralysis where you're just like, yeah, I, I know I should sell now. It's so much money. But then you're like, but it could go to a thousand and I'll have twice as much money. And then, and normally with stuff like that, you do not have a lot of time to make these decisions. Normally, like at, at huge tops like that, you don't get like uh, a ton of time to make these decisions. I kind of want to pull up the chart of it just to see. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up just, just so we can look at this chart of GameStop, just how fucked up it is. But you don't get a lot of time to make these decisions. Like it happens super quick. And then you're just like, you're like, Oh shit, should I sell? Should I sell? And then people just start panicking and selling. So this is what I think is going to happen. GameStop is going to, it's like, or I think it's around like $120 right now. I'd say most retail traders, all the wall street bets, people who thought they were fucking over the man are currently down money. I would guess most of them because think about it. I, I mean, there's 8 million people on wall street bets. Uh, it was, you know, before 
before GameStop really took off, it was like two million. Okay, let's see. I'm pulling up a chart of GameStop here. Um, it was like two million. So today's Wednesday. So yeah. So yeah. So it closed on the twenty second at uh, $65 a share. And everybody was like, this is bananas, right? And that's when Wall Street Bets really started getting people's attention big time because it had opened the week uh, the on January 19th. It opened at $41. So it went from $41 and then went up to... 65 in a week and then it went from 65 at 1.2 as high as 483 which is ridiculous okay that is just absurd um but yeah so what i think is going to happen is and it closed to close that today 9241 is what it closed that it's going to slowly just bleed down. I don't think it'll have, it might have some big moves down. It might have some, you know, minor moves up, but like this thing is over. And, and it's funny too, because last week, all these people were like, you know, all these market, you know, market people were like, who have, you know, been in the market for, and a lot of them were like, you know, these rich guys who people like fucking hate were just, they, they were like the, you know, we need to protect people from themselves. And everybody was like, fuck you. We don't need you know, people don't need to be protected from themselves. And then a week later, you're like, yeah, you know, some people could have really used that advice because the amount of people I'm talking to are just completely fucked. Okay, so here, here, here it is. I got, I got this day pulled up. So that day, it closed the previous day at $343. Then it went up to $470. It hit 483 by 10 a.m. exactly, okay? By... 1118 which is an absolutely nauseating dip so 10 to 1118 80 78 minutes which was hell if you were long the stock it went from 483 high to a low of uh 112 okay so it dropped 370 dollars in 78 minutes which and, you know, it, 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 people like uh, I, I've been not like on a decline like that, but sometimes you're like watching a stock and you kind of just get it stuns you. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just going and going. But so I think it's just this is going to keep going lower. If you, for example, you know, maybe have like AMC and you're like, I want to hold the bag, as they say, where you're just like, I'm just going to hang on the AMC for the next couple years and hopefully... Like AMC will go higher. I'm sure you'll you'll eventually get your money back in AMC if you bought AMC at fifteen dollars. Because really, AMC at fifteen dollars isn't that crazy. AMC was like I'm just pulling like I'm looking at a thing of AMC. Like AMC was twenty dollars uh, pre-COVID. Was it? Yeah, like AMC was pre-COVID. AMC hit twenty dollars. Like it'll go back to twenty dollars at some point. I'm sure. GameStop will not. You are. Getting gonna get completely fucked on GameStop, and yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like there's all these people who are like, like the like last week who are like, you know, people need to be protected from themselves, and and I I, I not like you know people have you have the right to lose money, but this element of these people being like, oh yeah, I was fucking we're, we're taking down the Wall Street guys. No, the Wall Street guys made tons of money. Some of them did the hedge funds who were betting on GameStop, 
and all the other stocks. The ones who were short GameStop, like it was a flesh wound. You dinged them pretty bad, uh, but they'll be fine. They got bailed out. Robinhood got bailed out. Robinhood will be fine. And then there's just going to be all these people who just like, like this is what I was saying is, yeah. So um, game uh, Wall Street Bets has 9 million subscribers and most of them came in last week. So you have to assume that they bought in like at the, you know, if you bought in at any point last week, okay, any point other than, hold on, what day is this? 26. Uh, sorry. Um, okay, yeah. So if you bought in any point last week other than Monday, if you bought in uh, at the lows on Monday, which was $62, you're still up, Okay. If you bought in early on Tuesday, you're still up. If you bought in at any other time other than that, which I guarantee you if most people who bought GameStop coming into Wall Street Bets last week, which is like millions of people probably, they're all fucking down. And I'm sure a lot of them have like never traded stocks before. The amount of people who are like, yeah, my girlfriend was like trying to figure out, she's like, how do you trade stocks? I was like, I've never heard of stocks. And like the amount of people who are like talking anecdotally about, yeah, I give my kids like, they, I let them have a, uh, a Robinhood account. They're like 12 and they, and they're all like buying GameStop and shit. Now, granted it's their parents' money and you know, but some people like are losing their own money and then they're just like okay well what do i do now do i just hang on and hopefully this goes back to and i can break even or maybe make some money and you're like you're never gonna happen it's just gonna slowly grind lower until it you know i could see it i don't know it, it, it'll go to like at least cut in half i don't know if it'll happen really quickly and also maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm saying this right now thursday and classic just like last week GameStop goes to a thousand dollars as you're listening to this and I'm a fucking clown and everybody's like and this will just be on record as me being like yeah fucking GameStop's going to forty dollars and then you're listening to this now as it's a thousand and you're a fucking Wall Street bets retard who's a millionaire right now and I'm just a moron I don't know but I will say that the odds are that uh it's not going to work out but some some damage really was done to the to the industry from what I from what I understand um like in terms of short sellers, because there's a lot of stuff that like I, you know, I didn't know about tons of shit until this all happened. And it starts, you know, the onion starts getting peeled back. So short sellers, what happens with something like, um, say, like a GameStop is like there's, you know, the most famous short sellers who are consistently making tons of money. You know, they make 50% returns every year, which is a lot. It's a lot for the stock market. They're making these huge returns every year. And then what happens is because like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where because they're so good at like shorting stocks and picking stocks, they'll just be like, Hey, we're shorting GameStop, everybody. Then they announce it. Excuse me one sec. Back is my stupid radiator. Um, I live in New York and this is dumbass steam radiators. I know you're like, did something happen? It did not happen. Maybe I'll edit that out, but I won't because I'm talking about this now. But anyways, so they short these stocks and then they'll go and just I'd publicly make an announcement saying like, hey, we're short GameStop. And then everybody's like, oh man, these, sh these really smart people are short GameStop. Like instantly people just are like, we're going to sell this stock or we're going to short it because like they're smarter than us. They know. So 
if they're saying they're short, we'd be stupid to be buying GameStop. So then all these people sell, it automatically drives the price down. Then all these people come in, copy them, further drives the price down, which is how this like huge short interests happen. But there's no requirement if it's under 5% of your like total money you manage to tell people you're short. You don't have to do that. They do this specifically because it's an easy way to, to just kind of get the ball rolling because you just are like, you know, you're the biggest shark and then you're just like, hey, this company's going under. And then just the act of you saying it instantly hurts it and kind of just like starts the starts the downtrend. So this uh, likely will stop short sellers from doing stuff like this where they announce it. And I'm sure lots of people will stop shorting stock. Like, you know, hedge funds will be like, we're just not shorting period because we don't ever want to have to encounter some stuff because like a lot of fear was put in these short short sellers and hedge funds where they're like man this is it's pretty fucked up we could have got you know our, our whole thing just our whole business blown up but one thing that you know a lot of people don't um don't realize about short sellers is that and there's a really good podcast there's a famous investor his name's bill ackman and he he was famously short Herbalife, and he went out publicly and said it. And then this other investor, I can't remember what his name is, this really famous one, Carl Icahn, like was like, "Oh, you're short," and they had some big beef. And so he's like, "I'm just gonna like cause this short squeeze and fuck you." And he lost like two billion dollars because of it. But he gave he was on this podcast talking about like short short sellers have an incentive to find frauds, and there's like. On Wall Street at any given time, there's all these companies that are frauds. A lot of them, not a lot of them, I was going to say a lot of them are Chinese, but that's not true. But there are Chinese companies all the time that are frauds. Like there was this Lucan Coffee that you can look up that was like a complete fraud. They were like, yeah, we're like we're like the next Starbucks. And there were like two guys running out of like an office. Like it was a total fraud. They made up all their sales and everything. And so short sellers are given this incentive where they're like, you discover a fraud because, and they're kind of like investigators a lot of the time is they just do tons of work. They do tons of research. They, 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 you know, they do like they're on the ground, all this stuff. And then they'll find a fraud and they'll short it. They'll announce that they found this fraud. But the thing is, it is a fraud. Like they really will find these real frauds, short them. And then their payment for like discovering these frauds is that they get to short the stock and make a lot of money, right? Um, but because a lot of them are going to go away, like you will now, like a weird knock-on consequence of this whole GameStop thing is like more regular investors will start getting defrauded by like shady companies that, because the SEC like can't catch them all. It's just impossible. You need short sellers. And another thing short sellers do, which I also didn't realize, is because short sellers to close a short position, you have to buy, like you, you need to buy a stock to, I, I talked about this last week, but you need to buy. So when a stock's like cratering, short sellers come buy to, you know, get out of their position, which kind of like slows down the rate of which a stock will drop because short sellers are like buying, they keep buying. So they'll, they'll prop it up. So they'll kind of like smooth the drop and make it like a little slower and like not as violent. But if there's no short sellers, then these drops will just be like huge. Like they'll just be way, way bigger and faster. So that's interesting. Like, like there's this company in Germany called Wirecard, which just uh, was like a huge fraud that was found out last year. They're like a payment processor. They were doing all sorts of like money laundering and like, you know, dealing with terrorists. And they basically like, I think petitioned the German government to like, I don't know if it was banning short selling, but, uh, they banned like something about like getting all the scrutiny off of them so that like, uh, 
there couldn't be short selling of their stock. I think it was maybe just banning short selling in general in Germany. It was banned or on or on the market that they're on. And then they just like the moment that happened, they're like, they just went ham and they just start committing all sorts of crazy crimes because they knew that the short sellers are gone and they're kind of just free to do whatever the fuck they want. So uh, that will be an interesting effect. I don't know when that'll happen. But more importantly, I know this is hard to hear, but if you have shares of GameStop, sell them. Sell them now. Just get it over with. It's like it's like a band-aid because I, I've seen this before. There is a chance. Yeah, maybe it'll go up a bit, but like there's going to be people who bought GameStop. Like it'll be like BlackBerry was. In, uh, BlackBerry was, obviously everybody knows BlackBerry. It was like, you know, the biggest phone company before Apple came along with the iPhone and the shares were like $250 a share. And then, you know, that was like in 2007 or something. And then like, you know, up until... A month ago, they were $7. And there's so many people who just like, you know, bought them at 200 and they dropped. And they're like, you know, I'll just hold on. And and you just you end up holding these things for like years. There's like a joke where it's like, you know, you buy something for a trade. Like so many people will buy GameStop for a trade and then become long-term investors until they finally just get so fed up with it two years later where they're just like, you know what? They just throw their hands up and they're like, fuck this. I'm just over this. I'm sick of just looking at this like 90% loss in my account every day. I don't want to see this. Whereas if you just get rid of it now, you could go buy something else and you're just that much closer to making up that loss because at least you're not losing the time. But I mean, and again, these are thing mistakes I've personally made. A lot of people have, but sometimes people have to, you know, make this mistake to learn it themselves. But the problem is a lot of these people with the GameStop people are just like, this might have been the first stock they ever bought. And now they're just getting absolutely fucked thinking that they were about to make all this free, easy money, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the GameStop squeeze, I think is over. But again, maybe tomorrow it'll be a thousand dollars and then I'll have to just fucking post this podcast and feel like an absolute fucking clown the funniest thing too is the silver squeeze because there's all this a lot of shit going on with wall street bets I, I i mean there's a part of me that's like you know wall street bets is just gonna end up in the history books as the biggest pump and dump scheme ever because uh, like the main thing in the pump and dump is everybody's like you know you gotta buy you gotta buy you gotta buy hold hold don't sell don't sell walls like other people are just like they're selling you know they might be saying like oh hold the line but then in fact they're just like oh we gotta get out and they're selling but so the next thing that they were saying is, oh, we're going to squeeze silver. This started getting uh, trending on Wall Street Bets last week. I actually bought some silver too because of it. Not physical, like physical silver. Although I do own some physical silver. And it's funny because people were starting to be like, oh, yeah, silver is going to go up so much. It's going to be the greatest investment ever. Uh, we're going to make so much money. And all I can think of is like, I bought silver like at the last big rally that silver had in like 2011 and I'm still down on it. Like it's like, I'm, I'm not even close to even on my silver purchase from 2011. And all these people are like, oh man, silver is such a, such a great purchase. And it, it almost is good that I bought it. Cause then I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. It's a terrible purchase. I'm like, it's a terrible investment. I bought it fucking 10 years ago and I'm not even close to being even on it. But so anyways, the big thing was like, they're like, oh, there's going to be the silver squeeze. We're going to buy all these options because silver is, is, is manipulated and it's, you know, the price of silver is manipulated by central banks and it's, it's, you know, people are shorted and, you know, we're going to do us what we did with GameStop with the price of silver. And it's like, yeah, these two guys, the Hunt brothers in the eighties, they tried to corner the market in silver. They failed spectacularly. They were up hundreds of millions of dollars at one point. 
But also, you're like, you're, the, the silver is manipulated. There's no question about it. But the thing is, it's manipulated by central banks. This isn't like GameStop where it's like a couple hedge funds that are like short a couple billion dollars. You're like, you're talking about like the entire financial power of like the United States and China keeping the price of silver down. And the reason they do it is so that they can say that there's no inflation, which I do believe that. I do believe it's manipulated. But either way, the people on Wall Street Bets were like, yeah, we're going to squeeze silver. And I bought into it because I was like, you know what, maybe this will be good for a trade. Uh, just like a short one. And then silver went up a ton on Monday morning. Like I had this one silver stock that was up like, I think 40% on Monday at one point. But then I, I got caught with the same thing where I was like, oh, maybe it'll, maybe it's gonna, maybe silver is about to squeeze. It's gonna go up so much. And then I was like holding it and then it just started to tank. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna sell half of it just so I can like, you know, not be too worried in case it's completely wrong. And then the next morning it just opened down 20%. And it's literally just like back to where it was last week. Like it was, you know, it was like it never happened. Uh, but that was just such a bullshit squeeze. So I'd say the Wall Street bets, they're going to take a while. I mean, the sad thing is, is like all the people who are like, you know, diamond hands. That's their big ones. You go, There's paper hands where it's like you're, you're weak. And, you know, I would have fallen into the paper hands category in October when I sold my shares for whatever 11 something uh and you know these diamond hands hung on but and that's another thing too the guy deep fucking value because every day he would update his position and that's what was keeping so many people in it is he would update his position being like hey i'm still in it i'm still in it and everybody's like well if he's still like if you go look at the 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 wall street bets everybody's like well if he's still in it i'm still in it right and these are and today he actually said yeah i'm gonna stop updating this every day uh, and I, I don't know his motivation, but I'm sure he's starting to realize that like if he made tons of money, like if, if, if GameStop goes to zero tomorrow, he still walked away with like $14 million. Whereas I think he realizes if he goes, he keeps being like, yeah, you know, hold the line, hold the line, don't sell, don't sell. And GameStop goes to $10. He's going to ruin so many people's fucking lives. Uh, which it's funny because all these rich people were on CNBC and on the news basically saying this last week and everybody was telling them to go fuck themselves. But there's a real chance that that's going to happen. Um, another thing, too, with last Thursday is I was never a crypto guy. I was never, ever a crypto guy at all. I've never been a crypto guy. I was just like, I don't get it. It's stupid. Like, what is this? It's just this fake digital money. And, and I said it for a long time. And then last week was... You know, I was my, uh, I don't want to say my come to Jesus moment or whatever, but last week was when Robin Hood straight up was like, you're not allowed to buy anything. And then I go, uh-huh, okay, now I get crypto. Now I get the element where you're like, you don't want some company to just tell you, hey, you're not allowed to buy the thing that you fucking, like with your money that you signed up for in your account, you can't buy it. And then that late, and so I went and I bought a bunch of uh, Bitcoin and I bought, not a bunch, but I bought some and I bought some crypto related stocks. And then later that day, Elon Musk put Bitcoin in his, his, uh, his profile on Twitter, at which point Bitcoin shot up. Just like, it's crazy the power he has. He just goes, I, I like Bitcoin. And then just like, boom, it rockets. But I think that was like a big moment for Bitcoin. I, I guess we'll see in the future whether that's true or not, but for me, I feel like that was Bitcoin's big moment uh, was um, last week when Robinhood fucked everybody. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I know a lot of people like the stock stuff. I guess 
uh, I, I'm able to synthesize it for some people who, who don't understand. It. And I mean, you know what, if you like this stuff, if you have questions, I don't know, like if you have any questions, just tweet at me. I can talk about them on future episodes. I, I don't want to really give stock advice because the thing is, it's easy to give advice for people to buy. It's harder to give advice for people to sell. Um, although I will say this, this is a plug. I get nothing from this at all. Uh, but this is just a friend of mine. He runs a newsletter, a financial newsletter. It's called Empire Elite. Uh, he's behind the uh, finance satire site that I work on, Hard Money, that I'm the editor of. His name is Enrique Abeda. These guys are the real deal. Uh, they know a lot. I think it's like $60 a month. It's If you don't know what you're doing and you want some stock picks, these guys are... And watch me just like be like, yeah, sign up. And then like the next 10 they give is bad. But no, these guys are really smart uh, and they give good kind of explanations of why they buy stocks, which is that's like more important, I think, in my opinion, more important than just someone being like, it's, you know, it's the classic, like teach a man to fish or whatever, give him fish or versus this is like, if, if you'll get their explanation and then you through their explanation, you'll start understanding how things work a bit better. But anyways, uh, they also will tell you when to sell. So that's like a big one if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. But so, yeah, I don't really want to give financial advice or anything like that because who knows? Maybe I'll be fucking in the gutter with the rest of the GameStop people. Uh, I mean, there were, I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of times last week when I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just buy GameStop. Just buy it. I'm glad I didn't because it's, it's going down, I think. It's going down. It's going to be not good. But so that's that's the end of the uh, financial advice or stock market stuff. I'm sure there'll be more stock market, but this will blow over. I'm sure like Donald Trump's impeachment trial that's coming up will, I haven't talked about him in like three or four episodes. That has, that has to be some kind of record. Remember when all I talked about was Donald Trump? Now it stunks. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about a few things. Uh, this is in the, this is in the realm of, uh, a Trump, well, I guess not. Well, yeah, I guess not really. Uh, the My Pillow guy. I actually wanted to talk about this last week because the guy's fucking completely. I don't know if you you know the My Pillow guy. He sells a dumbass pillow. He's like a former crack addict, and now he's a Christian. The guy's having a complete meltdown. I've never seen someone have such a severe meltdown on uh, just their whole life. So he basically is like trying to say that the elections are rigged and the voting machines are rigged. And then he remember he went into like. He went with Trump and he was talking about like martial law. He had that like written down about doing like martial law and like appointing new directors of like the CIA. And then there was a rumor where he was dating that like Jane Krakowski chick from um, what show was she in? She was in uh, 30 Rock. And like there was this rumor that he was dating her and she was like, what the fuck? But maybe that's true. Who knows? I mean, he's rich. Uh, and, but he and then he got kicked off of Twitter. He's getting kicked off all the social media because he keeps just like spreading all these like. I guess lies about all this, you know, that the election was rigged. And then he went on Newsmax. And if you don't know what Newsmax is, it is the like most far right thing. And he goes on Newsmax talking about, you know, how he like got kicked off and all this stuff. And then, and how he got banned from Twitter and whether he'll be allowed back and how all these companies are like not carrying his like, like I'm sure someone who works for the company is like, Hey Mike, can you just like stop talking? You're killing this fucking company. I mean, I guess if you're like a hardcore MAGA person, you're just like your whole house is just my pillow. Everything you're like, you just have a fucking couch made out of my pillows. Every chair you have is my pillow. Your fucking dishwasher is my pillow. You just like, everything's my pillow. If you're a hardcore MAGA person and then everything else is you're just like every other person is like, no, all these huge chains, not, 
carrying my pillow anymore. And so he went on Newsmax, which is like pretty far right wing, like not a, I mean, you know, they take themselves seriously, but it's like, if you think Fox News is right wing, they are like way further right of that. And he goes on and they were just like, they couldn't even talk to him. Like it's this guy and this woman interviewing him and he's talking about all this election and they go, yeah, just so you know, like this is unsubstantiated. And he's like, why would you like, uh, uh, you know, just like, well, I have all this evidence, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, they're like, new, here at Newsmax, we, we kind of agree that Trump, uh, like Biden is the legitimate president. And he goes, and then the guy just literally got up. You, you have to watch it. Um, I was thinking about playing the audio, but the audio, it's better the video. And then there's like a scene where the guy just gets up out of his chair. He goes, can we just like end this segment? And he just gets up out of his chair. And you know, when Newsmax is calling you a crazy psycho, the only thing he could really do at this point is be like, you know what? I relapsed back on a crack and that's why my behavior is like this. I apologize. It was the crack doing this. Not me. Please accept my apologies. Go Biden. So that was, uh, that was funny. Um, here is, I don't know. I guess we could classify this as Twitter beef. I don't know. I thought this was stupid. I don't even know if this is worth talking about, but uh, Chrissy Teigen, who's just like spends tons of time on Twitter. She's, she's quirky. She's wacky and quirky. She has 10 kids. Remember when she posted the thing of like her kid dying? She like had a photo op of like her, she was supposed to have a new baby and it died. And then she was like, let's just do a photo op quickly, which I'm sure it was horrific to have your baby die. But then you're like, the first thing she's like, let's get some photos of this if we can. I thought that was weird. But then she tweeted, what's the most expensive thing you've eaten that you thought sucked? She goes, one time, John and I were at a restaurant, and the waiter recommended a nice Cabernet. We got the bill, and it was $13,000. How do you casually recommend that wine? We didn't even finish it, and it had been cleared. And then everybody's like, yeah, that's not super relatable, Chrissy. Um, we don't really buy $13,000 bottles of wine. I've never bought a $13,000 bottle of wine. It, I would tell you this, though. If I bought a $13,000 bottle of wine which I won't ever in my life. If I was at a table with somebody who bought a $13,000 wine and there was a one fucking drop left in that thing and the server tried to take that away, I would snatch that shit out of his hand so fast. I'd be like, are you out of your fucking mind? You're trying to take away this $13,000 bottle of wine when it's not finished? Do you know how much, like even just a couple drops, like that's worth $500. I would lose my mind. But anyway, she took all this heat, but then you're like, what do you think? You follow Chrissy Teigen because she's rich and famous. And then you're like upset because she's just giving you a story about how she's rich and famous. Like what is the beef here? Um, oh, and then she actually said, and she goes, my little Jack would have been born this week. So I guess the, the kid who was supposed to be born that she took the photo up of was supposed to be born this week. So maybe she's having a tough time. And then everybody's really kicking her while she's down with this whole $13,000 bottle of wine. Tough to be Chrissy Teigen these days. Uh, also, if, like, if I was a, a waiter, it's like this classic move. If you're a waiter, they always go, oh, what's good? And they always just, like 99% of the time, you go to a restaurant, you go, hey, what's good here? And they just recommend the most expensive thing because they're like, yeah, I just make more money if I tell you that the most expensive thing is the best thing, which a lot of times it is the best thing. Not always. Um, but I'm like, yeah, if I was Chrissy Teigen, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they could afford a $13,000 bottle of wine. I'm sure John Legend isn't like $13,000 for a bottle of wine. That's atrocious. You fucking can afford it. Okay, uh, two more things, and then we'll wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for listening in there. Uh, the I've been talking about this many years ago. This is back in the news, the whole trans athletes, like, you know, um, how Biden is, like, making it so that if you identify as a woman, you can do 
women's sports, which I don't care because I'm not about to give a shit about women's sports. That's that's my main takeaway. People are have many reasons for this. A lot of people are just like, you know, that's wrong. It's unfair. But my thing is, is like, I don't care. I'm not, I don't care about women's sports. Maybe that's not the right take. Maybe I should, I, maybe I should care about women's sports and I should care that trans women should be allowed in women's sports. That's probably the most PC take is you should, the proper take should be that I care about women's sports. They're better than men's sports for sure. Like if I had to rank sports, it'd be women's sports than men's sports. Obviously I care about women's sports. I know female athletes and trans women are women and they should be allowed to compete against other women. That is the proper take that you should have always. And so then the ACLU was tweeting about this because I guess people are like, yeah, this we don't totally agree with this. Just uh, And then they go, attacks on trans youth and sports are showing up in dozens of state legislatures nationwide. These bans are discriminatory, harmful, and unscientific. Here's why. Uh, fact one, trans girls are girls. Sure. I'll concede that, you know, if you want to say like their brain is female and at birth, you know, they believe that they're a women, but they're in the wrong body. No problem. Uh, I'm happy to concede that, you know, you live your life. Nobody wants to stop you from living your life. And this whole thing is unfair. I, I'm going to like to, to all parties, in my opinion, you know, and even trans, because it would be, it would be tough if you're trans, obviously it'd be a tough life to live. Then the next thing, trans athletes do not have an unfair advantage in sports. That's when the ratio started. Okay, nobody, and again, I think I, I've been talking about this for, this is such old news at this point, but I guess Biden, Trump kind of like, was like, yeah, we're not letting this happen. And then Biden showed up and he goes, back to trans women in, in women's sports. But like Fallon Fox, the MMA fighter, fought, uh, was a, used to be a man, and then transitioned, fought women. The women were literally, one of them had their orbital bone and their eye socket broken by Fallon Fox. One of them was like, I've never been hit that hard by a woman in my life. Fallon Fox transitioned legally because they have all these things where they go like, if you're if you're a woman, you have to like be on hormone replacement therapy. You have to have a certain level of testosterone. But it's just the fact is like, if you're born in a man's body, you have an advantage. I don't care how much estrogen you pump into them after the fact. If you grew up the first 20 years of your life, a man, and then you transition, there's some advantage. Is it as big of an advantage as just being a man? No, I agree it's not. But it's more of an advantage than just straight up being a woman. So, and there's so many examples of it. And I think like there's like there's one thing to be like, look, we're just trying to be inclusive. We're trying to be nice. I mean, this does fuck over women. There's no question about it. Like if you're a woman and you're like competing in say like a race and then, you know, a trans woman like goes and wins the race and then you're like, okay, well I just like, I'm not going to win my state championship now because a trans woman is, I have to compete against someone who has this advantage and I'm not allowed to talk about them having this advantage because that's transphobic, even though it's obvious that they have this advantage. So anyways, so the, now they're drumming up this whole thing where they're like, you know, trans athletes, trans women don't have any sort of advantage. Uh, and just people with common sense are like, look, like it's, you know what you can, want to be inclusive because like, you know, it's obviously if I'm a trans woman and I want to be an athlete, it's like, you know, you're being hugely disadvantaged by like going on testosterone or, you know, hormone replacement therapy that you're like, I can't compete against men anymore. That's for sure. And then, uh, 
you're like, and then I, I'm not allowed to compete with women because I have an advantage here. So you're like, what? You have to have your own division for trans people, which would make the most amount of sense. But then you're like kind of alienating them again. And like, you're like, it, that's not, the, it, it's, it's a pretty, you know, there's no solution is what I'm saying. There's not like a really good solution to this whole thing. Uh, unfortunately, there's, there's not. Ever, either way, people are going to get screwed. Uh, someone's going to, you know, get the short end of the stick. But telling people, like, you know, if I'm a woman, like if I'm, say, like a track athlete or something, and I'm trying to, you know, make a, I'm racing in college, which I don't even know if there is, really is a future in racing. I Like how many people are like professional, like decathlon or some shit? I don't know. Probably not a lot. But if you have to compete against someone who used to be a man, your odds just probably went down a bit. And yes, sometimes they, women, biological women do beat trans women, but it still is an advantage. Uh, so that was back in the news. And then one last thing, because I'm fucking tired. Uh, the University of Yale, the Justice Department, drops a lawsuit against Yale um, that, was that was accusing Yale of discriminating against white and Asian applicants in reversal from Trump era. So basically what happened is Yale straight up said that they're like, you know what, we want certain... Because here's the thing with the diversity thing. When you, when you start setting diversity quotas saying, you know, we need X, we want, we want 10% of our faculty, or not faculty, student body to be black. Okay, well, that has to come from somewhere because, you know, they don't just be like, we're not expanding the total. We're just like, the total stays the same. We're just rechanging the composition. So that has to come from somewhere. So that came at the expense of white and then Asian people uh, and Asian applicants. And so then they sued and then it got thrown out, but it's going to the Supreme Court. I think I've probably talked about this on this podcast too because you're like, yes, obviously, like there's just been the decision where we're like, you know, cause when people were like, okay, we're going to discriminate against white people because they're the majority and yes, it's discrimination, but it needs to be done in order for whatever balance. And people were like, okay, I get it. And then they're like, okay, we got to go after Asians too. Cause they're just performing way too well. And you know, we can't only discriminate against white people. We need, you know, we, we got to keep some white people around. So then they're like, we're going to go after Asian people too. And then people started to be like, yeah, that seems pretty racist. That does seem discriminatory. I know you're, what you're doing is you think you're doing a good thing, but you know if you're picking someone who's less qualified because of their skin color over someone who's, you know, uh, more qualified because they're Asian, like that's pretty racist. And and then they have to like you know explain their way out of it. You know you know but but diversity and you're like yeah this is fucked up. The whole thing is is bizarre. Um, and it sucks because, you know, these are real people. Like there is some Asian person who couldn't go to Yale and had to go to, I don't know. What's one less than Yale. I'm too tired to, to even think about this now. Uh, but, and I think they're taking it to the Supreme court, but this is, you know, this is the Trumper people. This is the kind of stuff where they're like, yeah, you know what? I remember why we voted for Trump. It was stuff like this. We did like, it's the trend. Like a lot of the people like Trump people are like, you know, because by the end, it was a complete shit show. But I'm sure, like, they're, they're starting to see this stuff pop back up with Biden. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why we voted for, for Trump. It was stuff like this. This was the exact reason we were voting for Trump is because we didn't like this stuff. And then the moment Trump's gone, it's just like, here we go. Back in your face. All this stuff. Uh, so that's fun. Okay. That's it. That's it for this week's episode. Um, I appreciate everybody who's listening. We had a huge spike in listeners last week, I guess, with all the stonks stuff. I, I feel like such a loser even calling it stonks. But all the stock, stock market stuff, um, 
I guess people enjoyed it. So thank you for everybody who's the new listeners. I uh, If you enjoyed the episode, leave me a review. Anything helps. If you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. I feel like a fucking loser even saying that. Until next week, I will see you. Bye-bye.